those are the same people that refer to me to other places that I got calls from. So every relationship turns into something else, you know, and then you don't know what it's going to be or when it's going to happen, but it's just important to build them and keep track of them and don't, don't treat them like, like a business interaction. Treat it like you're really building a relationship, you know, and see what happens. <laughs> It's easy to get lost in today's music industry with constantly changing technology and where anyone with a computer can release their own music. But I'm going to share with you why this is the best time to be an independent musician and it's only getting better. If you have high quality music, but you just don't know the best way to promote yourself so that you can reach the right people and generate a sustainable income with your music, we're going to show you the best strategies that we're using right now to reach millions of new listeners every month without spending 10 hours a day on social media. We're creating a revolution in today's music industry, and this is your invitation to join me. I'm your host, Michael Walker. All right, so I'm here today with Johnny Chase. Uh, Johnny is a member of our Gold Artist Academy program, and he's he's just like a truck horse of of an artist <laughs> who played over like 300 300 shows a year. Truck normally, horse, when there's yeah. not like <laughs> when there's not like a coronavirus uh, pandemic going on, he is earning more than six figures with his music. And a huge part of it comes from the live shows that he's doing. So I think that today we're really going to kind of dig into some tips for anyone who's watching this right now who's starting out. And you know that live performance is something that you really are passionate about and you enjoy. And kind of using that to create a career as a, a live show artist. So uh, a couple of, I, I got to brag on you a little bit. I got to brag on you a little <laughs> bit, Johnny. So so Johnny's been featured on HBO, MTV, CNN, and shows like Entourage, Tyra Banks, Ellen DeGeneres. Uh, like I said, yeah. he's uh, <laughs> play, often he'll play over 300 shows in a single year. And yeah, um, he's got uh, more than a six-year income from his music. And so I, I, I feel that this is going to be really valuable to hear him share his, his story and to uh, dig in there. So, John, thanks for, for taking the time to be here today. Hey, thanks for having me. Oh, yeah. So... <laughs> So yeah, man, I'd love to to dive in and just uh, hear a little bit more about your story um, starting out, like you know how you kind of built this this career. Where to begin? Yeah, um, well, I'm, I did things kind of backwards, I guess, with with my Johnny Chase career. I guess if you want to call it that. I wrote a CD first, and before then, I you know I'd gigged, but not like as a singer or a frontman or anything like that. So, but I had these songs I wanted to write and I wanted to get them out of me, kind of thing, and. Uh, I did the CD and then I'm like, okay, now I gotta figure out how to promote this thing. So I started doing shows, obviously. And uh, all I did at first was originals. And um, you know, it was good, but I wasn't making any money doing that <laughs> at first. And I had, you know, this is barely the beginning of MySpace, <laughs> I guess, if you remember those days. And um, oh, yeah. which I'm dating myself now. But at the hmm. same time, MySpace actually was a huge tool. I mean, it, it got me the HBO placements before the CD was even released. I had a couple tracks that had the, the rough cut, and I put it on there. And, you know, just by chance, I guess, uh, this lady that worked at MTV saw it or heard it and started putting me on shows. And that gave me kind of like a lot of momentum for getting gigs. So I'm like, hey, my song's been on this and this, and I'm great. Come on, come hear me. <laughs> and uh, that, got, that opened a few doors. Right, right off the bat and then um so yeah just kind of started building relationships and i approached i really approached i guess as far as gigging when you're starting off i approached every gig as like like a partnership not like a hey pay me to play this night as like hey let's see what we can build with me and your establishment or your venue and whatever that meant you know because I, I was very adaptable you know i heard i can't remember who said it but i was at a music conference and the guys like just learn to say yes 
and I figured it out later. So every time they asked me to do something, I'm like, yeah, I can do that. And then I'm like, okay, I figure out how to do this now. Mm-hmm. And that was kind of my approach at the beginning was like, okay, if they wanted me to do a cover show, I'm like, okay, I didn't know a whole lot of covers, maybe 30 minutes worth. Cause I didn't ever focus on playing covers. I focused on writing and I, you know, I still do, but I found out, you know, that paid. So I'm like, okay, I need to work on that a little bit. And, um, you know, one of the things I ended up being just a little party where someone at the party happened to uh, work at an advertisement studio. And I got an opportunity to write an ad for a local company called True Advantage Fitness, which ended up paying about two months of what my current salary was at my day job. So I'm like, all right, I quit my day job. <laughs> so I quit my day job in 2006. And I'm like, if I put 60 hours a week into this, which is what I was working already, I can make it work. So I just kind of started building any place I could get like a weekly gig on an off night was kind of my goal at the beginning because I didn't, I wasn't completely confident about my performance abilities yet either. I was still learning how to sing for, you know, for and play guitar because I was a drummer <laughs> and I just wanted to, but I wanted to write. I wanted to sing. That's, I just knew that's what I wanted to do. So I'd say, Hey, you know, I see you don't have anything on Wednesday nights. What can we work out? I didn't want to, I never undercut anybody like as far as salary goes, but I'd still offer them like a discount if they booked me an X amount of gigs. So and then I built up my show that way and just word kind of spread. So people started recommending me to other places. And before I knew it, I had 250 or so a year. And uh, so then I started to up my price and see what happened. And then I, every time I get to that point, I can keep up on my price until and it didn't seem to matter, I guess. <laughs> then I started doing over 300 shows a year and uh, I do that for at least the last five years consistently. And all of them are pretty much ones that I've, I mean, I haven't seeked out a gig in a long time. It's all people that kind of come to me because they heard me somewhere else, which is a great problem to have, you know. And, um, yeah, just, you know, I try to, like I said, I build relationships and I'm, I try to be fair. I hold myself to a certain standard where, you know, I show up an hour early. I do my homework on the place. I advertise it right. I always, I'm so always ready. I mean, for whatever, you know, I try to try to make sure I'm prepared for whatever I'm getting into. And then, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, try to give, deliver more than, than expected consistently mm. is, the, is the goal and it, it pays off so mm. yeah dude I, I i love that advice that advice early on early on just say yes say yes to everything yeah. and then learn learn how to it's like jumping yeah. off the cliff and then you know building the hang glider as you, as you go off right. um, it's a good way to to get yourself to learn how to build a hang glider yeah, yeah so, I wish I uh, the guy's uh, name that told me that it's, it was it was pretty good advice in the way he did it he's actually get, does interviews for a living like famous people and stuff and, and uh because I think he was a writer for a newspaper or something. So he's like, hey, can we do interviews? And he's like, sure. And he's like, so he looked up all the things you should be asking and did not do. And now he's like one of the main guys that people like seek out interviews with. So. Wow. The, uh, <clears throat> it must have been a really cool, really cool moment. So like when you, two months of salary and you're like, all right, well, that's the time. Like yeah. I'm going to quit. I'm quitting my job now and I can do this. Like, <laughs> I know a lot of people watch this right now. That's probably one of their, their dreams, like reaching that moment where it's like, yeah. okay, they can transition. And well, it sounds like what, what you're saying too is that, so early on, you know, you realize that sometimes like some of these cover shows that you could play live is a great way to, to earn income. It's a great way to support yourself. And you've got a family. And, and, and you, def- yeah, you definitely still use that to promote your original music. Because, um, you know, you get them bought in on, on you as a person and, you know, people get, you know, pay attention to your personality and your presence and, and then your kind of style of singing and, and then you kind of throw in them, hey, you know, show you this song and then they're like oh well, let me hear more of that and then all of a sudden you're building fans off of the original music not just some guy that plays covers in a bar you know which is mm-hmm. definitely a, something i try to differ- differentiate myself with um 
which is nothing wrong with playing covers in the bar, but in my approach to covers, I, I kind of put my own artistic spin on it. And most people will kind of appreciate that. So. Yeah, um, for sure. And I mean, what is it like this little tiny band called the Beatles, you yeah, know, start out like right. playing covers. Rolling like, Stones uh, too. I don't know if you ever heard of them, but. <laughs> yeah. Um, Rolling Stones but, was that way too. Yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. It, it really does seem like just a great um, opportunity for, you know, developing your craft as a performing artist and learning, you know, how, you know, if in your case, you know, you're a drummer. So you learned how to play guitar and you learned how to sing better by, you know, by playing the shows. By doing and it, yeah. it was a great way to, to be able to focus on your music full time and be able to quit your job to, to focus right. on the music, which is awesome. And I definitely remember, I mean, there's one of my favorite screenshots ever, I think was uh, when, when we started working together and you sent me a message from from uh, one of the fans of, of your original music that had responded to one of your songs and it was just like gosh how did she say it? like you gave me goosebumps in places on my body that i didn't realize existed um <laughs> yeah. i'm like I, like your yeah. voice is like turning me into a puddle like i'm melted yeah. on the floor <laughs> so i was like yeah that's that's what it's all about that's so yeah, yeah i mean the you've <laughs> certainly like you've honed your craft um as as an artist and with your original original music yeah, so that, that reaction caught me off guard too i was like wow <laughs> what do you say to that yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there's something about that like it, it actually it made it into my morning my morning formula because i you know i i uh take a lot of screenshots of like the clients we're working with when they're like when they're happy or when they're getting results and that was something that i put in there because as i'm scrolling through and i see your message that you sent to me and like like show it sharing that off i was just it, it, part, it kind of cracks me up, just like the terminology she's like, I'm like melting yeah. into a puddle. Like, <laughs> that's right. awesome. So I want, I know it's, it's going to be kind of difficult because you're at this point where you've built this like really established career and it, it's, it's always challenging. They call this the curse of knowledge because, you know, it's human, human tendency that we tend to, like, we don't appreciate what we've, what we've got until it's gone, or there's always kind of the next frontier, oh, or yeah. we just, we lose touch with, we lose touch with what it was like at the beginning, you know, sure. like, it's like, now it just seems like secondhand knowledge, like, oh, you know, like, we're about someone who's just starting out, you know, it might right. be, it might be running into certain, certain challenges. I, I want to, I want to ask you if you can remember kind of like early on when you were just getting started, and maybe I can, I, I, I talk with a lot of musicians kind of at this point, so I can kind of ask some questions on their behalf too. But do you remember kind of early on when you're just getting started um, or some of the biggest challenges that you were running into when it came to uh, booking these shows? Uh, when booking them was, for me, it was just experience. I didn't feel like I had the experience that the people that I was seeing out at these places had. And, you know, I wasn't, I didn't have the experience controlling an audience yet at that point. I was, uh, you know, very just like, I can play this song if no one bothers me and, and no one interrupts me, you know? So like, it was just getting over, just getting over being in front of people, which, and that was just, you know, something I, I had confidence in the songs I was playing and I had confidence that I had the passion to do it. And I was hoping that would out, uh, out, uh, you know, outdo the fact that I didn't really know what I was doing. <laughs> so I'm like, you know, I'm just going to put it all out there. And if people hate it, then they hate it. And I'll just accept that and go just, you know, play again, you know, and work on it. And there definitely were nights where I was like, okay, I should not be doing this. <laughs> These people were requesting songs I never heard of. And I'm like, and they're like, what kind of musician are you? I'm like, hey, I'm a, and I also, I told them, I'm like, hey, I'm a drummer just trying to play guitar right now. <laughs> and yeah. I just kind of laugh it off. And like, you know, then I'm like, okay, I can't use that forever. Cause that's kind of a cop out. And um, that was kind of like my defense mechanism, the little, the little humor at them. And they're like, oh, well, if you're a drummer, you're not too bad at guitar. But if you're a guitar player, you suck. <laughs> so it was kind of, kind of that vibe, you know. 
and you know, and going back to uh, you know that commercial thing where I said I got you know that gave me the confidence to to quit my job, but you know, two months later when that money was like kind of gone, I'm like, okay, I really need to, you know, I hit a moment where I'm like, I really need to figure this out and make this work or I'm going to have to go back to my day job. And and it was a rough, probably good six months where I was like just grinding and uh, just hitting up places, you know, just getting in wherever I could get in. And then, you know, and then I was hitting a lot of open mics, trying to network with other musicians. That's always a good tool starting off because there's always people at every level at those places. So, um, that, that gave me places, conversations, just, you know, networking with people is huge, especially in your local community, local bands, people that are right out there. They'll tell you, you know, what to expect and where they've played. And, you know, you just kind of go from there and just check them all out. <laughs> a lot of dive bars and stuff at first. And then, but like I said, I always approached it like from a point of like, I don't want to just play here one night. I want to be, I want to, you know, get to know your clients. I want to build it up. I want to, and I'd always own up to that and, I'd be up there and handing out flyers back then. Now it's all media, but you know, I'd be I'd print up posters hanging up there like two weeks in advance, and I'd go up there as a customer and talk to people and say, "Hey, I'm playing here." You know, I really was in everything when I was doing that. So it was definitely a lot of time um, just that wasn't playing music, just talking to people and uh, mm-hmm. saying, "Hey, this is what I do." And I had I had the CD so people could listen to it, and it was on MySpace <laughs> and uh, the time so. I could give them that link and they could like, oh, that sounds good, or it's not I'm inter- not interested, whatever. But the the fact that just having that done and having a place for people to go to, and then having the conversation with them in person was really, you know, I built a lot of. I mean, a lot of those people that I talked to back then, I'm still friends with now. Like they're still part of my local inner circle. I mean, they promote me all the time, and those are the same people that referred me to other places that I got calls from. So I, every relationship turns into something else, you know, and then you don't know what it's going to be or when it's going to happen, but it's just important to build them and keep track of them and don't, don't treat them like, like a business interaction. Treat it like you're really building a relationship, you know, and see what happens. <laughs> so mm. it, it that's, definitely, such, that's such good advice. Yeah. I mean, and that's, you know, that's small local scale. I mean, that's, you know, when we get into your stuff uh, with the gold artists and modern musician, that's that times a million, of course. And, you know, you gotta take a whole different approach, which I'm sure you'll get into. <laughs> <laughs> I think you no. Know, what so, you said is, is so so important because I think it it never really goes away that it's that it's really all about the connections that you're building with the people around you, the network that you're building, the conversations that you're having. Yeah. And I've yet to see anyone achieve massive success without having a lot of conversations with a lot of different people and figuring yeah. out how they could provide value. Cause it sounds like right. with, with you in your case, like a lot of these conversations you took, you took the approach of I'm looking to build a longer term relationship here. You know, this right. isn't necessarily just like a one time yeah. thing. And that sounds like something that's really benefited you in the long term Cause you took the time to really focus on building a relationship and having those conversations. Mm-hmm. So to kind of zero in on uh, a few things <clears throat> that you brought up there, one thing you mentioned was, really like early on, one of the biggest challenges was just that you felt not 100% confident in your skill set. Like as a performing artist, you're a drummer and didn't have a lot of experience playing guitar and and singing and playing uh, in these types of shows. And um, that really felt, I don't know, I felt like when you saw other people performing, like it was like, it seemed like they really know what they're doing. And you you mentioned a really good tip too was um, 
that getting started with open mic nights is a really great place yeah. to, to get started. And it's a great way to start to connect with some people and get some experience performing live. I know for, for us with Paradise Fears, open mics, that's how we met each other and that's how we started. Yeah. So right. most of the artists I see that are really successful now, like at live performance started with like open mics. What other tips do you have for people in terms of they're afraid of, of getting on stage? You know, maybe like what, what's some advice that you have for in terms of like stage fright? As far as overcoming stage fright, um, <laughs> you know, start small, I guess, you know, um, like the open mic situation, you know, that people are generally pretty open to whatever you're going to do. I mean, I've seen people go up there and just play like a, a kid's toy I mean, and people would applaud it. I mean, you know, go to a place where you're comfortable or, or just start with family and friends. I mean, sit, you know, do like a practice show and see and get their feedback, say, and then the more positive feedback you get or more things you get to work on and, you know, you're gonna you're gonna get get there to that point in your head where you're like okay you know obviously your friends and family are gonna they, it depends on who they are they're gonna be really honest or just like yeah man it sounds good you're awesome you know so you got to kind of differentiate you know get the people that aren't gonna tell you you're awesome just because you're awesome and because because of your friend you know but you know do just do a little do a little house parties um, with people you know that you're comfortable with or find a place you're comfortable with first and then get over that fear a little bit and then you know move just move into a smaller area. Or just see if you can sit in with somebody that you're comfortable with, that you know, that's a musician that's already playing gigs. See if they'll let you take, you know, three songs on their break or something. Just, and that's also a good way to meet the owners of the place. You know, if you, you know, take three songs that you know perfect and you're super confident about them, you know, do those. And uh, yeah, then, then introduce your, you know, get, get an introduction with the person that makes the decisions there. And if he likes you or she likes you, then they'll, you know, most likely give you a shot. And then you got to just step up and do it and see what happens. <laughs> and don't be afraid to fail. That's the main thing. It's like, don't be afraid to, to, to fail. I mean, you know, if they believed enough to put you on the stage, then that means you did something right already. And you got something that people want to see. Although they wouldn't put you in there. I mean, yeah. And just, you're going to do bad sometimes. And it's going to, that's just how it is, you know. And you just got to mm -hmm. learn from it and take it and chalk it up. I mean, everyone that's successful, like you said, has an experience that they could probably tell you about where they just, everything went off the rails <laughs> and it was like embarrassing to, you know, and it's, it's going to happen. You just got to, you know, <laughs> yeah, I'm sure you do too. Yeah. I mean, plenty of this. it's always, and it's always worse in your head than it actually was. Usually, <laughs> usually always. Yeah. yeah <laughs> usually always worse. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's, mean, it's, it's, it's true. Yeah. A couple of gigs and, you know, and just network with people and get some, ask for feedback afterwards. And those, couple gigs will turn into more and then more people are asking for you the more you're not going to be afraid of anything really mm -hmm. just yeah that, that, that's really great like <clears throat> fundamental advice too is just uh, what, what you said about not being afraid of a failure and realizing that like that that what is it thomas edison or someone who's really like smart and influential um i think it was the guy he did the, the light bulb uh thomas edison who yeah. uh, he's like made what 200 mistakes with the light bulb he said you know every like mistake thousand, every yeah, <laughs> yeah a yeah. lot <laughs> it was like every not to make a light bulb whatever it was, yeah. <laughs> exactly exactly it was like every every failure every mistake is just like a, a learning lesson so it's not like you even did anything wrong it's just it's just learning yeah. So one, one question I have for you is what would you recommend in terms of like, what's the process like for someone, let's say Joe Schmo, who just was like kind of a, not a great name for them, but let's say uh, someone is, you know, they've gotten comfortable, they've gotten comfortable yeah. performing live and they're ready to maybe perform for like a dive bar or they're ready to even like just look at some gigs and maybe look at some paying gigs. What's the, what's the process for them to 
basically find the right venues and to reach out and to book one of these gigs and get paid for it. One approach, I guess, other than just cold sending them an email or calling or interrupting their day, which can just aggravate them and then like, okay, this guy's bothering me, um, is just to do some homework. I mean, find out, you know, talk to one of the staff members, hey, who does the booking here? Or is it the manager? Is there someone that does it? And then if it's a company, then that's a whole other approach because then you got to pitch yourself to a booking company. But if it's just locally, they book in their, they're booking themselves, you know, then ask, you know, what's the best time, you know, to, to maybe set up a meeting with them or, or you just hand him a card, say, can you hand this to him or her or whatever? And this is a couple links to my videos and then follow up and then follow up again. And, you know, not harassment wise, but, you know, keep following up and come in there as a customer and introduce yourself and say, Hey, I sent you this. Don't take up their time, you know, just introduce yourself and, and keep it simple. And then they'll put a face with the name and then you maybe follow up again. They don't know who you are. You know, it's, just, it's a process. I've seen people do it other ways and it's worked for them where they're forceful. I'm like, hey, I'm great. I play this place, this place, this place. You should have me here. I think I'm great. And that's worked. I've seen that work because people like, they'll tell you yes to get you out of their face sometimes. <laughs> so there is that approach too. If you have that kind of, if that's your personality, like, you know, that's nothing wrong with that. It's just not how I do it. <laughs> um, I'm very more under the radar kind of uh, humble about it, I guess. So, I mean, I don't go out and say, hey, I play 300 shows a year. You should have me here because everyone else does. And I don't do that at all. I'm just like, you know, I feel like I'd be a good fit for your clientele. And, you, you know, if you have a hole in your schedule and you feel like filling it, let me know kind of thing. So, mm -hmm. um, but if you're just starting off, I mean, definitely use email, use Facebook, use YouTube. Let them, have, let them see something of, of yours. Doesn't have to be well produced. Uh, I've seen really, really, really well produced videos of bands that aren't very good and that works well for them, and and vice versa. And I've seen people with a crappy video of them at a place that's with a crowd, and it shows off that they can play in front of the crowd and the crowd enjoys it and it's horrible audio, but they get booked because it's the energy. You know, just do it. Like, don't worry about what it's gonna look like. Just put it out there. And make sure it's good. <laughs> make sure you're singing in key and playing and and you know, be honest about what you do. I guess, um, yeah, don't be like, oh, yeah, I, can. I mean, I said say yes to everything earlier, but if they're a country bar and you're not country, don't be like, yes, I can do all country. You know, do it. <laughs> at that point, own what you do. <laughs> like, okay, this is what I do, this is what I'm good at. If you need something else outside of that, be open. it's okay to say it's not me. Hey, it's Jared, the co-producer and editor of the Modern Musician Podcast, and I've got something really exciting to announce. Registration for our annual Success with Music virtual conference is now officially open. You can go to the link in the show notes right now to sign up and claim your free ticket. We've got over 15 top music industry experts who are going to reveal how to build a loyal fan base and make a living with your music. Last year, we were named the world's biggest virtual music conference, and this year it's going to be bigger and better than ever. Join us and over 10,000 musicians May 27th to May 30th. So claim your free ticket now in the show notes, and let's get back to the podcast. That'd be the contradicting myself there a little bit, but <laughs> well, it seems like it's one of those things that's do. like a spectrum, right? It's like yeah. where it's like at, at first when you're just getting started, it's basically like, well, you take every opportunity that you can get, yeah. but then as you as you grow and you start to scale and you become more and more successful, then all of a sudden you start getting all these opportunities that are flowing right. to you, and now you have to learn to how to start saying no to a lot of opportunities so you can say yes right. to like the right the right ones. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that first, that first person that books you is going to be your first reference for your next gig too. So, you know, do it upright and make sure they have a good impression of you and make sure you do build a relationship so they can go, yeah, get him in there. The guy's a great guy or great girl or whatever. 
you, you found that nowadays, um, you know, kind of reach out to them online can, can work yeah. just as well. And you got to read and, the room for that too. I mean, yeah. If, if you do that approach, sorry, I mean, interrupt you. If you do that approach, you know, make sure, you know, it's a, it's a business. Don't go there during the rush periods, you know, go there, you'll be smart about it. If you're going to do that, <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. if you go there between 11 and one and that's a place that's busy for lunch, they're going to be like, get out of my face. <laughs> I'm busy, <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. or, you know, so, you know, figure it out, you know, beforehand. Don't just go bar to bar and start throwing CDs at people or whatever, and and then handshake and then leave, because it it just it comes off as insincere, probably. I would assume. Yeah. Right. I, I really like how how you put it too, in terms of. I think probably one mistake that that I've seen a lot is um, artists will over like in their first message. They'll just like over give like way too much, so, like their entire bio and like all their yeah. songs and everything. And it's just like way overwhelming. It's like, we just, it's like asking someone to marry you on the first date. Right. Um, so one thing you mentioned was about how usually like yeah. your process would be like first, like asking like one of the workers, maybe like, you know, who, like who's yeah. responsible for, for booking the shows. And right. then it's like, what's you know, the best time. Uh, yeah. Yeah, and then what's the best time? Uh, what's the best time to set up a meeting is really a, a great, right. a great question. Do you know how they prefer to be contacted? This is another good question. Mm. Do like, you know oh, how yeah, they prefer does, to be contacted? He does it all on Facebook. Yeah. They're like, oh, he does everything on email. You know, then you find that out, then you can get, you know go from there. Boom! That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. So it's like, so figuring out. So that's like one of the key goals is like figure out one who books the venue. And two, how do they best, what's the best way to contact them? How do they best prefer? Because sometimes people are different. Sometimes they'll like it through Facebook. Yeah. Sometimes they're, um, go see a show there. I mean, <laughs> you know, go see somebody play there and you'll meet everybody that will tell you anything at that point. You know, because you're, mm. you're there with them. You're, you know, mm. so, and then you get a good feel for the place and what they're like on that night too. So hopefully you've mm. already done that if you're wanting to play there. <laughs> So. Yeah. And that, that was going to be my, my next question is like, maybe if we kind of like the prequel, the prequel to that is kind of figuring out where, like, how, how does someone find the right place to perform in the first place? Like, yeah. do you have like any sort of process that you would recommend for someone who, yeah, maybe I mean, they're a singer songwriter I mean, or acoustic or? Yeah. I mean, I, I haven't do this now, even though I'm usually pretty much full for a lot. I'm still always interested in playing at a place I haven't played before that might be a new audience for me. So I'll, I'll usually start with their Facebook, see if they have any videos posted from people playing there. Um, and then if, so do you, if someone do you just start, me, like, how, how do you find their, so, so like, sorry to interrupt you. So like, <clears throat> yeah. do you like Google, like, like nearby venues or like, how do you, yeah. how do you find yeah, those? Either, either, either that, um, I find them that way or I'll take an artist that I know that plays around and I'll, I'll go to their page and find out where they play if they're like me. So there's, you know, different approaches. And then, you know, most times I'll have videos of them playing at different venues and you'll get an idea of what that venue is like. And then if you look at the schedule, you'll see what kind of times they have the music and how often. Yeah, and there's so much information out there now you can get lost in it. So it's organize your thoughts. Hey, this place looks good. It's close to me. I can probably draw a good crowd there the first time. Make a good impression. And even talk to musicians. I mean, most of them aren't going to shut you out. I mean, they're like, yeah. I mean, most people are willing to help. Some people are competitive and don't, but that's more the... I guess, I don't know, it's just individual basis. You know, if, if they're insecure about, you know, getting gigs themselves, they may not throw, throw you a bone, but if they're already booked and they'll say, they'll tell you everything you want to know. And they're like, hey, yeah, feel free, call this person. You know, if they've heard you, it's even better because then they can recommend, you know, give you a positive kind of 
it's thin, you know, but um, definitely Facebook and YouTube are huge um, for going out to even better if you can. You know, that's more time consuming, obviously. <laughs> Try to hit other people's shows. But, and today, Facebook Live, and people are streaming from everywhere now. So you can get a really good idea what any venue is like just by watching someone that's played there or play there in real time. So, you know, use, use all those tools that are out there now. They weren't there before, <laughs> and they're great. So. Mm. Awesome. So, so it sounds like in, in terms of finding those original venues, a couple of the best ways are you're just doing a little bit of research, like on yeah. the Google machine or Google you know, machine. Facebook or looking at friends look, or looking yeah. at like musician friends Instagram that are posts, performing nearby. Yeah. Um, so let's say, for example, like right now, um, we're in Orlando and uh, let's say that I want to, as a singer songwriter, as an artist, I want to start exploring like you know, where might be some good places for me to play. Should I start by maybe saying like live music Orlando? Is that where you'd start or? Because uh, I, I moved here, so I don't technically yeah. like, I, I came from South Dakota, so I don't have a lot of like, you know, uh, friends nearby that are performing well, out live. Yeah. Well, for me, I've got a friend down that moved down there, his name his name's Adam Dust. So I, when I went down there on vacation, I looked up where he plays and he does kind of what I do. So, and I knew that ahead of time, which I guess is kind of cheating. But, but yeah, I found out like three or four places he played at and they were like the kind of popular days, like Margaritaville and, you know, down the, on the, strip or what they call that the uh city walk whatever if you know places like that like city walks definitely gonna have some live music see who's playing there see where else they play um that's kind of my approach i guess would be or just like you said just google live venues live music orlando or live music even in some outskirts of orlando and sees you know live acoustic show orlando you know just things like that if that's what you're doing or see what comes up it's going to point you in the direction of at least some other musicians that play out in the area. And I'm yeah. so acoustic most of the time. I mean, I do have a full band, but when I'm booking stuff, it's usually first solo acoustic. And if I see it's all full bands all the time, then I may, I may just leave that one alone and go to the next one or, or ask them, you know, you guys do solo acoustic shows. Mm. And then, cool. Uh, so maybe like step one, step one is like do a little bit of research and make a Google spreadsheet of all the different venues locally yeah, that you want to reach out to. Right? <laughs> <laughs> you know me, that's the weird spreadsheet guy. So yeah. me, it's a notebook with pen. So I'm, I'll, <laughs> then I'll, I'll eventually transfer it to the computer. <laughs> I put a smiley face next to this one and a check mark next to that one. <laughs> so we're like, venues yeah, and if you're if you're a blues guy that bb king place would probably be a, a good place to start yeah. or or like you said if you're starting off i mean look up open mics you know open mics mm. and a lot of times open mics will have one night that's open mic and then two or three nights that are you know paid live music nights you know so um so we so in the spreadsheet <clears throat> we add an additional sheet called open mics <laughs> yeah i just want to bring yeah. things back to the spreadsheet <laughs> yeah put it back in the spreadsheet open mics and uh, like I said, like places that have open mics typically will have live music on mm. Friday or Saturday also. Cool. So, you know, you go through, you make a big list of uh, venues for like open mic nights. And then you can also start seeing, yeah, like what, like who's performing there. Maybe you do. So let's say, for example. Yeah, especially if starting off or getting into a new city, definitely. If you're established, you know, it's a whole different approach, of course, because you have a, a rep reputation probably. But. Um, still, I mean, it's still good research, no matter what, what level you're at, just to find out what's going on, and get the vibe of the place you're playing. 
or the area you're mm. playing in, what's the music scenes like. Mm. Awesome. Yeah. And so, and so then you can go to their, to their Facebook or their website, look at their events. You can see who's performing there and then you can, and then once you start making a list, you might even also make a list of artists, right? So maybe we have venues, yeah, open mic nights. Make a list and, of artists that you are similar to um, that are playing out already. I mean, cause you know, you're not going to try to, if you're a rock, you're not going to try to book yourself in a blues club and or a mm. country club. I mean, cause you wouldn't be ideal for that situation. Unless they have theme mm. nights or something, you know, where they do certain things on th certain nights. So you definitely narrow it down and be smart about it. And that'll save you time in the long run. Mm, awesome. Uh, so you start making a list list here. And then that also kind of it feeds into it to each other. So then you can find venues that book these kinds of artists. You can start yeah. probably you can even start reaching out to some of these people and just start building some connections and awesome. Yeah, become become their fans too. I mean, that's you know mm. if they're like your music and you probably you probably dig what they're doing and, you know, come out and see them you know, as, mm. as much as you know, be part of that life and every way you can be. And don't be the guy sitting in the back of the room critiquing what they do. Be up front and cheering them on. And, you know, people appreciate that kind of stuff. You know, mm. if I'm playing and there's someone awesome playing, like, you know, people get in their own little worlds and like, I'll be the first one up there clapping like, yeah, you know, and then everyone else starts clapping. It's like, oh yeah, these guys are good. You know, they pay, you know, be that guy that helps on both ends of the, of the, of the spectrum, you know. You know, I, I think the underlying tone that I get from you too, that I think is a huge fundamental part of your success doing this has been the fact that at every point, it seems like one, you're like built on, you, you really look to build a long-term relationship and you're looking to provide value and you're looking to, to pump other people up and to provide value. And I think that that's one of those those inner kind of shifts that people, like if you can kind of change the question from, you know, from me, 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 or what's best for me and kind of start right. thinking about like, how can I, how can I really make this as best as great as possible for you? And how can I build other people right. up? There's kind of that shift that's counterintuitive because you, you know, you think the more you focus on yourself, the more that you can build yeah. things up, but it seems like a lot of times it is, <laughs> is it? through. That's through that not what your venue can do for you. That's what you can do for your venue. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Put it on a t-shirt. Um, <laughs> t-shirt. <laughs> all right so like so now so step one <laughs> step one is that people do some initial research step one research so they yeah, you know, start looking up open mic nights they create a super sexy spreadsheet where they have you know a big <laughs> list of people here and, best colors yeah <laughs> yeah make sure you get some good fonts and colors in there and then, and then let's say like step so step two um we kind of <clears> dug <throat> a little bit into the the process about like reaching out um and figuring out like that first reach out is really about finding finding someone to connect with and asking them, you know, first right. who books, who books the shows and second, um, what's, how do they prefer to be reached out to? So where, let's say that right now we're looking at uh, this, this venue right now and we're like, okay, I want to, I, I want to book this. Like I've done a little bit of research. I made a big list. I'm like, okay, this is one place, similar artists. They're, they're, it's really solid. I want to perform here. Then what would, we, what would your next step be? Well, if, if you're, if you are local definitely visit the place. If you're not local, then, um, you know, reach out to them. So we're starting out. So we're coming here right now. And you, so you mentioned like the Facebook is a great place to reach out sometimes. Um, just, you yeah, calling just, them to reach initial. out? I don't always expect Go. anything back from the Facebook ones. Um, I just, yeah. you know, it's just, a, it's, it's kind of like the sales thing. You know, how many touches does it take before you make a sale? Same thing with, you know, you see your name, they read the message, they may put it off, you know, because they're, they're busy people. I mean, they're running a business. So then, then, then maybe, you know, if you can visit the place, it's always great to visit the place and put a Facebook name and introduce yourself. But don't, 
I don't always like just give them, you're not going to give me your whole pitch. You know, just tell them what you do, interested in playing music. And uh, if you have a list of places you've played, that's always great. But, or if you're going to call or can't visit the place, then call, like I said, not during a rush time. And just say, hey, I'm interested in playing music. There's there anyone I can talk to that's in right now? And if they say yes or no, or, or who would that person be, get a name. And they're not going to typically give you people shifts either. So say, hey, is it a certain night they're usually around? Or, you know, as long as you're not, you know, asking too many specific, like, weird questions. Because <laughs> you don't want to come off as like, hey, you know, <laughs> this person get off every night, you know. You got to be careful <laughs> with that. So, um, or, or like I said, sometimes it is a company that books them, and then they got a whole process. And that's not a bad approach either. I've seen a lot of people do that. I don't like to rely on companies for booking because I like to have the control, I guess, of where I play and when I play. And But out here in St. Louis, there's Talent Plus, there's Contemporary Productions, and there's a third one that I don't do a lot of business with because they're more wedding-type things. But, you know, they have a whole process of how they prefer to be contacted and, and they want a package from you that's very specific. And they'll have people that review it and get back to you and, and they'll kind of let you know when gigs that fit your style come up and they'll pitch it right and take a percentage of course you know and that's it depends on the company some of them are more prestigious than others so if people will see hey this this guy's getting booked by talent plus he must be pretty good you know and, mm. and then they'll that'll kind of open up some other doors for you too possibly but mm. it depends out here cool. i had to do that because there's some venues i really wanted to play at that only book through companies so i had to go through that route to get into that venue like the casinos and things like that that are the, definitely the higher paying gigs and um, they won't book you because they have contract with companies already. So you have to go through them. So right. that's a whole nother, that's a whole nother approach, you know, definitely worth mentioning because it's, it's definitely a, if you get in, get in good with one of them and they like what you do, they'll, they'll pitch you. And that kind of mm -hmm. takes some of that pressure off of you and they'll help negotiate your pricing, which is a whole nother thing too, which is once you get to the point where you're contacting them, then you got to, you know, you got to tell them what you're worth. You know, that's, mm. that's a whole nother mindset and whole nother strategy thing. So, yeah. Yeah. So I definitely want to start digging into digging into some of that. Cause I, I think that's a, a big uh, <clears throat> stumbling block for people too. And yeah, dude, I remember, and it sounds like what you're saying is that, you know, some of these companies, the more super prestigious ones, um, you're not going to want to start out by like reaching out to them, right? Like you want to start by doing the things that, that we're talking about right now about kind of building your catalog sure. and getting better at performing. And then right. at a certain point, um, you probably have kind of come across some of them naturally and you'll know there's certain venues where it's like they only book through there. And so then it you know, makes sense to maybe to, to partner up. And I know with Paradise Fears, there's like, there's like a casino show that we played once at Mohegan Sun and it was like a $12,000 show and they got us like eight hotel rooms and there's like six nice. of us in the band. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it was just so, it was like over two, the top. We're like, we're like, wow. Your gear. It, yeah, it's just, just ridiculous. And, and so it is like a really awesome area to, to kind of, to dig into at, at a certain point. But sure. Um, one thing I want to, I want to uh, dig into more is, so you mentioned like, initially what you'd recommend in a situation like this. So one, you know, we're building our super cool spreadsheet. And so we have our list of venues and then we probably also have like contact. Make sure you, you know, Google so Michael then, Walker is awesome when you do this too. <laughs> <laughs> we're trying that. to fix the, we're trying to fix the Google algorithm so that when you type in <laughs> Michael is awesome, that uh, instead of Michael Shannon is awesome, it's like Michael Walker is awesome. Apparently Michael's <laughs> awesome jumping off the roof is a thing. It's the number one oh. search term. <laughs> Maybe I just need to jump off a roof now. Post the video. There you go. <laughs> so every time we type that, it's going to help. 
going to help um, the algorithm. I guess um, too, you know, this, I mean, we're kind of gearing this towards like, you know, what I did to start off with was, which is good and all, and I kind of talked a lot about the covers, but I guess there are definitely still musicians out there that don't want to touch covers. They want to be an artist and only be an artist and there's nothing wrong with that. And then there's a different approach for that too. When you're doing these searches, just tailor it to, tailor it to places that may it'll take more research finding the places that only do original music and those are places will probably be paying you off the, the door or sometimes you can get a guarantee um mm. but there's definitely a different approach for that too so that might be another area for your spreadsheet is original venues mm. that that focus and primarily promote original artists in the area because mm. that's uh yeah that makes makes a lot of sense and that and that in those places usually you're playing a night with two other bands or another band or you're sharing that night with a few different artists and that's another thing to be asking at open mic nights or or when you're researching checking out the venues find out find out where those places are specifically mm. even if you already yeah. doing covers and you're writing you know that's that's good information to have so for sure yeah and i do know just based on like doing that google <clears throat> search um in orlando like the first uh there's quite a few live music orlando um, that came up that I, I recognized from like performing with Paradise Fears. It was like, oh, yeah, right. like Hard Rock Cafe, yeah. Will's Pub, The Social. You know, they're, so, and I think that some of those, I think that there can be overlap, right? There can be overlap where it's like sometimes Definitely. they'll they'll do door deals and sometimes there's there's different like mm -hmm. nights where they're different stuff. Uh, that, that makes a lot of sense. Like having, yeah, some places having, will even do percentage of the bar. If you can work that out, that's always good. Um, mm -hmm. That means you're bringing them drinkers <laughs> and they're making money. And if the people are having a good time and, spending money there then you're gonna get a little bit out of that too so um, awesome did you so, did you guys start off doing uh only originals and or did you kind um, of um we started off started off doing uh open mics at our high school we went to high school together and oh, cool. then we played a quite a few like battle of the bands we started doing those yeah. and we played a bunch of original original shows for not for a lot of people Right. Um, we played we played quite a few cover cover <clears throat> shows too. I remember playing with the band where we where we played like a couple of graduation parties and and things like that. And yeah, we didn't even talk about radio. I mean, that's another great thing. If you have a CD, mm -hmm. you know, try to find a way to get it. You know, a local show if there's a local show or a local DJ. Those DJs go out to clubs too, and if you can find out where they're going to be, get a put a face with the name there too. That's you know, everyone loves to hear that the person's been on the radio that they're having play in their venue. You know, that's, that's huge. So cool. Yeah, that's so many ways, so many ways. <laughs> <laughs> so, so one thing I want to dig into is, um, so, okay. So we can, we find the venues, right? We start making our, our list of venues that we to perform at. And then we, and we also grab the contact. So then maybe we just start going through and start contacting. And so in this case, you know, we're looking at music calendar. Then, you know, there's this number that gets pulled up. So we will add this to the spreadsheet. And then when we are contacting them, the conversation usually goes something like, like, hey, um, you know, I was wondering uh, if who's the best person to talk to that kind of handles booking live music for you guys? Are they in right now? And they say, yeah, you know, yeah, let me go grab them. Then, then you, great, you can start a conversation. If they say, um, oh, it's this person. Is that right? We're in right now. Okay, awesome. So, do you know uh, what's the best way to like get a hold of them, or how does he prefer to um, to be reached out to? Yeah. And then they'll give you like the email address or the phone number, <clears throat> and basically just being transparent with them, saying like, you know, "I'm a musician. I'm interested in in performing live for, for your venue." Um, then you can start to 
kind of dig into. And you probably add that to your spreadsheet too about like, like their process maybe. And so let's say now let's take it to the next part of the conversation, the sticky part of the conversation where maybe people are like wondering like, how do I, how do I charge? What should, what should I charge? How do I charge? What's appropriate? So let's say that you do, the person is there, the person that handles the booking there. How, how would that conversation kind of go like? Yeah, that's the, uh, that's a tricky one. Cause I, I, I don't have like a set way I approach that usually. I mean, I do now, I guess but in the beginning when I was starting off, um, you know, I was more, I was willing to do like, try it on an off night for, you know, a handful of dollars and, and, uh, and, you know, some food, which I learned real quick. That's not the way to do it really. <laughs> Cause you're not going to get anywhere doing that. And people will take advantage of it all day long if they can. Uh, so that's a kind of individual basis thing. I, like right now I have a set amount that I don't go below, you know, and I just tell them that's my minimum. If that doesn't work for your venue, then, you know, I appreciate your time kind of thing. Um, and some, you know, I don't know if, if I see an opportunity there, that's, that's bigger than monetary. Like they have, I don't know, clientele or they have, you know, it's a popular place that looks good for me too. Um, I'm not, you know, saying play for exposure by any means, but there's never been a time where I played, where I decided to play for a really cheap or just to try a place out that I didn't get some other gig off of it. You know, if you can do that, use it as, you know, if it was marketing, if you're a marketing person, you do these trade shows, you spend money just to meet people. That's kind of what you're doing. You're the, you're advertising yourself. And you're going to use it to network with people that you think could benefit you. So don't be afraid to go into a place and say, Hey, you guys, you know, don't do much on Wednesdays. You know, let me come in on Wednesday, show you what I got for an hour. You know, just if you're needing to get your foot in, that's one way to do it. Typically, if you have a good video, people will hear you and say, I like your sound or I don't like your sound. And you can avoid that whole step. And, and then you tell them what your price is. Um, or you ask them what their typical budget is on a Thursday night for music or Friday night for music. And sometimes they'll tell you straight up, this is what we pay. Regardless of who you are or what you do, this is our, this is what we pay. And then you can work out the negotiation there. If you just want to get in, then take it. And if you don't, then say, well, I usually charge this much. Maybe we can meet in the middle um, for the first time. If it goes well, then you come up to my price next time and get at least a verbal agreement of some sort. Um, I'm, most most individual owners will definitely shy away from contracts. They don't want to deal with them. They don't, there's no, <laughs> I very rarely see one that, that likes contracts ever. <laughs> um, now if you're doing long-term at a place, you might want to some kind of contract. So they're not changing their mind. And then, cause then, then you know, you're locked up for six months at a place and they change their mind after a month, you know, then you got four months to fill again that you could have already filled. So, you know, know what you know, what you, think you should be getting what you think you're worth and then kind of feel out what they typically pay. And usually they'll hopefully they'll just tell you what they pay and then work on getting them to where your level is or, you know, and, and then bring what, bring that value when you play. That's the most important thing. If you, if you show up and you deliver whatever price you said you were worth, they're going to be happy to pay it. If they're making money and they're happy and you're delivering and everyone's happy there, it looks great for them too. So typically it'll work out. <laughs> I've even done it where I'm like, Hey, I can, I know I can bring this many people. And we had a night that like just nobody showed up for whatever reason. It was one of those nights where it was like crickets and uh, like an hour in, I'm like, Hey, obviously this didn't work. You know, if you want to, we can you know call the night now and try to redo it another time. And 
you, I'll either tell them you need to keep money or just pay me half or whatever, or, or weather situation. If it's a weather situation, don't, you know, I'm not, again, that's me showing that I'm not just there for that one night to get paid. I'm there to, to build a good, a good relationship. And that, that never happens So people. If they hear that, they're like, wow, this guy was serious, you know, and then they'll book me more often probably. And so I kind of went all over the place with that, but I'm just kind of going through scenarios in my head that I've been through. <laughs> and uh, yeah, that's super helpful. Yeah. There's, there's a place I've played at for 15 years now that's started off that way. Like the first time I was there, I bombed <laughs> like, like, yeah, man, I'm going to bring everybody here. And like, just for some reason, like it, it wasn't anything like, it's just like something else was going on that night or I, you know, which I guess, you know, it's another thing you can put in your, uh, in your notes is if you're scheduling a big show and make sure there's nothing else that's even bigger going on right in your neighborhood that most of your fans are going to be going to. If all your fans are Pearl Jam fans or, or radio fans, or there's a festival going on that night, they're probably already going to that and they're not going to get very many people to go to your show. So if you're trying to do a big show, definitely look out for that. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. So, so, um, so to kind of uh, recap what, what yeah, I'm hearing in terms of like having that conversation. Summarize that for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's, it's great. And I always I know when I'm talking with someone, I always know when I'm talking with someone who's like a master at their craft because it's, it's very, it's easy for them. Like you, you're taking a lot of different things at once and kind of put it, putting them out, but it's all really, really helpful. So to kind of, to, to recap, it sounds like really the conversation you're going to have is going to depend a lot based on where you're at and with your experience. Like if you're, if you're, yeah. if you have a lot of experience performing and you already know kind of like what your budget is, then, then you can have a set price and you can have a conversation. And usually it sounds like a good place to start out is here on this conversation and you say, Hey, nice to meet you. Um, so I'm you know, an artist. I play this kind of music. I'm, I'm interested in, in performing at your venue. And I was wondering, you know, what's, what like I, I wanted to get something lined up and then they start yeah. oh yeah so this is what it looks like. so you start having a conversation and when it comes to um payments a great way to approach that is by asking them first what's your typical budget for a thursday yeah. night right and that way you know they you can kind of figure out roughly what's their typical budget which mm -hmm. is great because if it's higher than what you would have charged you say oh great that's what i charge yeah and you, <laughs> you might know, find if, that if a lot yeah yeah. A good point I just want to kind of make, I might have said this before, is you know definitely don't go in trying to undercut someone else that's playing. Like, well, if, you know, I'll play for less than them and I'll do, do the same thing. Don't ever, that's definitely a bad move. So make sure you're not underpricing yourself too because that's going to make enemies <laughs> and, uh, you know, and people that are probably doing well in the community, which is why they're charging what they charge. So um, I see that happen a lot and it's, it's so it's frustrating. Um, I, I mean, I, I was caught, not, not caught doing that, but I, un, unknowingly, I didn't think I was worth what other people charging. So I'm like, look, I'm not there yet, so I shouldn't charge that. And then some guy was like, you're killing us. <laughs> I'm like, what do you mean? <laughs> like, he's like, you're charging like $100 less than everybody, and you're doing better than these guys. So just charge what you're worth. I'm like, well, I don't feel like I'm worth that much yet. It's like, you are. Just charge it. <laughs> like, it's, it's not good. I'm like, okay. You know, so it was a lesson learned for me um, to, you know, and I wasn't doing it on intentionally. I just, I'm like, look, this is what I think I'm worth, you know. And then when I realized other people weren't getting gigs because I was getting them from less, I'm like, okay, let's not do that. <laughs> but then it wasn't, I've seen people do that as a strategy where I've, I've actually heard them, you know, say that, like, look, I'll play for this for half that, you know. And mm. it just, it's just not a good move. So 
when yeah. you're doing that. Just make sure you're not underselling yourself that are underselling yeah. somebody else. If you are going to do it for cheaper, do it on an off night that's not typically booked by everybody else and make sure that they know that's just that price for that night, not ongoing. And uh, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's a really good point because I think that um, the tendency for most people is to undervalue undervalue themselves. And especially like as musicians, um, sometimes yeah. you know, money is a, we're very <laughs> self-conscious and money is kind of like you know a, a touchy subject for us. We're like, oh yeah, like it's not about the money. Like, oh dude. And so it sounds like a great place to start is ask them what their, what's their typical budget so that you can figure out around what the, what the price is. And, and undercutting, you know, isn't necessarily doing anyone favors. Like it's actually, no, it's better to charge what, what you're worth. Yeah. So. Deliver. And so, um, it sounds like, you know, the, the prices, it might fluctuate based on where you're at right now. If you're just starting off, you're just starting to get some experience, then, then you might want to find some venues where that's kind of okay. You know, like they've worked, they, that they have people where, where you're at right now, like open mic nights and, you know, different venues right. like that. And then as you, get more experience, then you're going to start to network and find other venues where maybe there's, there's a little bit more cream of the crop. And then you can start having those conversations with those people and booking those shows. Yeah. Uh, and then you wake up one day and you're making over $100,000 yeah. on, on these shows. When you're contacting venues and deciding the price too, sometimes it's depending on the size of your group, find out if they have house sound or not, if you bring your own equipment, because that's going to definitely adjust the price you charge. Yeah. Uh, if you got to bring your own sound guy and all that, that's that's out of your pocket usually. If they have it in house and they're paying that part of it, then you might be able to give them a little bit more of a, you know, lesser price if you if you will. So anyway, so just quick thought. <laughs> yeah, good, good good point. So make, so especially like as you're like more just, established yeah. and and you, yeah. maybe you bring your own sound equipment. Then yeah. well, as a solo guy, I always bring my own sound equipment, even if they have their own, because I know what I sound like through what I have, and I might incorporate theirs, but I always you know. I typically am self-sufficient in that area and always, mm. you know, so anyway. Yes. It's nice, a good nice, to have a good thought. nice to have control. I've played plenty of venues where it's uh, fluctuated, but either great or yeah. not great. And having your own sound guy. That. Yeah. Having our own sound guy. Eventually that, that was really <clears> awesome too. Like he was so, so good and made a huge difference. Yeah. Knows what they're doing. Knows your songs. <laughs> yep. Exactly. Cool. cool. Well, Hey Johnny, thank you so much for taking the time yeah. to, to be here. Help, it was helpful. Awesome. <laughs> Yeah. And, and again, I think just to kind of recap the, the thing as, as a whole, it sounds like this is just a great opportunity for anyone who's watching this right now, who you have a passion for live performance and you, you know, you want to start um, performing more and getting experience. And, you know, if you're looking to transition from your day job to doing music full time yeah. and honing your craft, it sounds like it's just a great opportunity to get started. And if you just love sexy spreadsheets and you just want to just get like work with spreadsheets, then that's a great, great thing to get to too. So yeah, man, I really appreciate you uh, being so sure. open and kind of and coming sure. on here and sharing your life yeah. experience. And I hope there's something in there that wasn't, that was maybe helpful. <laughs> there's a lot of, you know, a lot of it's common sense really just, it's just taking it down. And like you said, organizing it into something that's going to work for you. So very helpful. Um, yeah. So I guess last question for you is um, for anyone who's watching this right now, who wants to check out your music or, or learn more or get in touch with you, what's the best way for them to, to learn more? Uh, well, johnnychasemusic.com is my website. You can kind of get to anywhere else from there. I've got links to pretty much everything that exists, it seems like. Uh, but it's got, you know, it's got my music on there, original. It's got some acoustic videos on there. It's got some of the TV shows and things I've been on. Links to the Facebook, Twitter, all that good stuff, Instagram, YouTube. So 
yeah, you know, you can get on there and shoot me an email, join the fan club, fan community, and uh, and hit me up on Facebook. I'm on Facebook 24/7. It seems like, so I use that a lot to communicate. And uh, yeah, I mean, I, all my good shows and all my bad shows are all on there. I do a lot of live streaming, so mistakes and all, I have it all there. I'm like, this is me. This is what I do. Mm-hmm. I hope you like it. If you don't, that's all right, because <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. this is what I do. <laughs> so. Mm-hmm. Um, awesome, man. Well, yeah, appreciate you being on here and hope you have a great rest of your night. You too. Thanks. Appreciate it. Hey, it's Michael here. I hope that you got a ton of value out of this episode. Make sure to check out the show notes to learn more about our guest today. And if you want to support the podcast, then there's a few ways to help us grow. First, if you hit subscribe, then that'll make sure you don't miss a new episode. Secondly, if you share it with your friends or on your social media, tag us. That really helps us out. And third, uh, best of all, if you leave us an honest review, it's going to help us reach more musicians like you who want to take their music careers to the next level. The time to be a modern musician is now, and I look forward to seeing you on our next episode.